Hello, it's 25th of November 2018 and this is episode 84 of Scavengers Horde, a Star Wars podcast. I'm Rachel. And I'm Kirsty. How has your week in Star Wars been, Rachel? <laughs> I love that you're still getting used to saying that. Um, again, I feel like I'm saying this so much, it's horrible, but not very Star Warsy because I went on holiday last weekend. I went to Barcelona which is mm. really cool. It's a really great city and I strongly recommend it. It's a lovely place. Um, but yeah, because of that, I didn't really leave much time for Star Wars in, in any capacity. I'm trying to remember if I've done any Star Wars things. You've done some Star Wars things. You just finished watching Resistance. Yes, this is true. And we have both watched the Star Wars Holiday Special. Yes, yes, exactly. Which will be the main thrust of this episode after we get through the meager news. <laughs> That is oh, available to us. <laughs> yeah, it was quite the trip. Yes, yeah, so that that will be fun to talk about. And I've also already written on no show notes for next week because very that organized. will be a biggie. Yeah, very organised. You know what it's like. Sometimes you just have a really lazy day. You're like, I'm literally not going to leave the house. So if I want to like justify my existence today, I'm going to do something productive and write the show notes. That's mm-hmm. what I did. I'm so, proud of yeah. you. Thank you very much. How about you, Kirsty? <laughs> what have you been up to in Stars? Apart from um, the holiday special. <laughs> well, mostly just that, really, and, and Resistance too. although I watched it a couple days before you, I think, closer to last week, so it's not quite as fresh in my mind. So hopefully mm. we can still have a good discussion about Sonara's score. Mm-hmm. Um, but other than that, it's been Thanksgiving here this week. So oh, of course, yeah. Mostly eating too much food. Yes. Um, and instead of watching Star Wars, which is one of those kind of like holiday movies that you just pop on when you've got your family around, um, we watched The Fellowship of the Ring instead. Oh, nice. Um, so, yeah, that, that brought the holiday feels. Oh, awesome. Uh, right, then to move beyond the introductions, we'll very briefly go through the news. And the news is that Pedro Pascal and Gina Carano, we might as well discuss these guys together, it's such a briefing, um, have both essentially been confirmed to be cast in The Mandalorian. Um, these stories come from Variety and The Hollywood Reporter, respectively. Yeah, although we know that for a while now, making Star Wars have been pretty clear that Pedro Pascal was cast, right? Like, that came yeah. from them pretty early on. I think Variety must have got more information on top of that to be pretty close to confirming it. As much as they can, obviously, Lucasfilm haven't confirmed it themselves officially, but I feel like if Variety are publishing it, it's pretty safe. Yes, definitely. I, I think if it's in a trade, unless there's exceptional circumstances, it's probably reliable. Yeah. What's strange about it is that we know that they've been filming it. We've even heard that Taika Waititi has been on set presumably filming the finale episode which that's what he was heavily rumored to be um leading yeah so it's kind of odd for like the phrasing of this article to still be like he's one of the many actors being considered and negotiations are underway it's like aren't they already filming it yeah it's kind of like what are they doing are they just using like a body double to stand in for the <laughs> no, lead character actually they've got to have him there it's just for whatever reason they're being really coy about it yeah, it's very bizarre. But yeah, since we can pretty safely assume he is part of it, how do you feel about Pedro Pascal being involved? I am pretty happy about it. I really loved him as Oberyn Martell in Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just feel like he did a really great job there. And, yes. Um, yeah, 
I'm happy. I mean, I, I haven't seen him in anything else as far as I can recall, but it sounds good to me. Yeah. Uh, I've seen him in two things. I've seen him in Game of Thrones, where he was great. That was a really charismatic character, and so much of that came from the performer. You could just tell he has amazing charisma, so he's great. Um, and then the other film I saw him in was a film called The Great Wall, which is really terrible. Oh, I've heard about that. Yeah, yeah it's awful. <laughs> it's like a um, Chinese-America co-production. And yeah, it's about like giant monsters attacking the Great Wall of China, and it's as awful as that sounds. Mm. And yeah, he he's like just in this thankless supporting part in it, so he's not bad. But it's the sort of role where there's literally nothing to it, so there's nothing to right. prove, and yeah, nothing for him to do. But I'm sure that if he is used in the Mandalorian, which seems to be the case, then they'll really make good use of his talents. Yeah, and if if he's the lead, as they're saying. We have Pedro Pascal and Diego Luna in, as the two leads in these new Star Wars shows, which is really exciting. Yeah, definitely. It's always great to have more visibility for people of colour. Yeah, and then the other person to join the cast is Gina Carano, who is someone I have seen in literally nothing. Um, I haven't seen her in any of the things mentioned here, which are Haywire, Fast and Furious 6 and Deadpool. Um, I've seen Deadpool, but I don't remember the specific characters. It's been a while, and yes. I wasn't a huge fan of it. Mm. Um, but it sounds from the description that she's very much like an action actress. So yes. that seems apt for the kind of vibe that they're going through for with the series. Yeah. No, I'd expect her to be playing like someone who's like in a costume like frequently. Like, maybe you don't see her face much, just used for like really like intense physical action scenes mm-hmm. something like that she, she might surprise people like while she is mainly known for the action she might have hidden talents as an actress who knows but yeah we will see mm-hmm. i can imagine it being a show that has some amazing action sequences so yeah they're gonna need very talented people to pull that off yeah especially the sort of talent they're pulling in for it is very much like people with experience of directing big action scenes and directing like actors to punch well so to speak so mm-hmm. is that all we have to say about that so i'm really not sure what else i can add because yeah besides game of thrones i'm not really familiar with pedro pascal and i'm really not familiar with gina carano at all right yeah that's just the news for the week and we took an extra week off and there still hasn't been a ton of extra news there was a little stuff about galaxy's edge um from anthony bresnikan um that john williams Mm. had made some new music for it and i don't know if you listened to the clip but it did sound like beautiful music of course because it's john williams um and it felt quite different as well like it felt star warsy but obviously like an original composition Okay, um, nice. So that's pretty cool that they're putting in that kind of effort for Galaxy's Edge. Yeah, I think I still haven't listened to that yet because it probably oh, okay. dropped while I was on holiday. Right. But I'll need to go back and check it out because, yeah, any new John Williams obviously deserves a listen automatically. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I did see that they have like positioned the Millennium Falcon at Galaxy's Edge, which is exciting. And it really is like photorealistic, like the real thing. So yeah. that's pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. Hopefully we can visit one day. <laughs> yes, that would be the dream. Oh my yeah. god, I'm jealous of all the Star Wars podcasts out there. Like, you know, like Who Talks First? They live pretty much at Disneyland. 
Yeah. <laughs> At least very close to it, so they go all the time, and I'm very jealous of them. <laughs> yeah. Like, do they have one of those, like, season passes where they can just go limitless times? I think so. I, I'm not sure. But I would assume if you live nearby and you go quite often, it probably makes financial sense to do something like that. Yeah. God, that really is living the dream. <laughs> I know. For us, Disneyland is like this far off magical place that you'd go to maybe once or twice if you were very lucky as a kid. <laughs> yeah. Like, have you been to Disneyland? I went once when I first moved here. Um, oh, nice. Obviously, I'm a lot closer now. But yeah, other than that, because I'm yeah. getting even even if you go once it's probably really expensive right yes exactly <laughs> i've been to um disneyland paris and disneyland right. tokyo but mm-hmm. never the disneyland disneyland which yeah. i always feel like it has an extra weight of expectation on it <laughs> be very curious to see what it's like um right okay so then we want to move into our discussion of resistance specifically episode seven Sinara's score um yep so in this episode um it basically continues quite neatly on from the first from the previous episode um where Kaz rescued Sinara during like an investigation on a pirate ship they found her like in a crate and thought she was being held captive but actually she was a pirate (laughs) so now she's a spy on the Colossus it seems like a bit of time has passed between this episode and the previous one because Sonara is just completely taken for granted on the Colossus and she seems to have a little trade going on as a scavenger. Um, so yeah, that's a bit of a time jump. And yeah, the plot is basically that the Colossus becomes vulnerable and that a specific part is needed to repair a piece of equipment that's needed to defend it. And Sonara gets drawn into the conversations about finding that part. And then she reports the vulnerability of the Colossus to her pirate buddies who mm-hmm. launch an attack. And then there's lots of interest in blurring of her allegiances during the subsequent raid that, yeah, I really liked. I thought the development for Sonara was really interesting in this episode. And mainly it was just a really good Tam episode. She was really allowed a chance to shine here. Um, probably for one of the first times um, and yeah I really like that character and what they're doing with her. Yeah I'm very happy with where they're going with Tam and I really appreciated that it was Tam that Sonara developed more of a relationship with. Yes. Because you know when Kaz rescued her you kind of thought that that was going to be the main focus but he was almost on the peripheral periphery of this like episode at least with their relationship and Tam's trust in Sonara kind of being a bit of a catalyst I know this was something that you talked about last week of like it's gonna be this interesting thing now to see how Sonara handles being on the Colossus and not really having much power because she can't exactly leave so she's kind of at the pirate's mercy in terms of like actually being taken off there yes but also that she's developing these relationships and connections with people and she's probably going to realize she doesn't want to be a pirate and she wants to be one of the good guys yeah exactly i really like the moment how tam goes up to help sonara and because she misunderstands and thinks sonara's like vulnerable and needs Mm -hmm. help when sonara's actually like trying to like convene with her pirate buddies or something (laughs) and yeah, like Tam like whacks one of them over the head or something to protect Sonara. And Sonara's like, why the hell would you do that? And, and Tam's just like, oh, you're my friend. Of course I'm doing that. 
And just the expression on Sonara's face, it was really nice because it suggested to me this is probably a person who really doesn't have experience of being treated like that or being valued. And that moment in particular really sold the animation for me as well because the animation's very clean and simple, but it's really great at expressing those emotions clearly and yeah and came through so really well done in all regards I think the writing the character design the animation yeah it was all top-notch yeah Sonara reminded me of Rey in a way like very surprised that someone would ever care about her yes you know when Rey and Finn first meet and he's asking her if she's all right and she's so shocked that someone would ask her that she's probably never been asked that in her entire life yeah it just kind of felt like turning a corner like a big moment for Sonara so very interested to see how that develops yeah exactly and it's nice to see that it's been done gradually as well so it would have been easy for them to have shown her like thrown in the towel of the pirates at the end of this episode be like no I have my friends on the Colossus now I'm not going to work for you anymore but they're clearly making it go on longer and I appreciate that because that's much more naturalistic it wouldn't be like an instant thing you're not just going to experience kindness for the first time and then turn your back on your livelihood essentially so yeah Yeah. it shows that it's quite mature storytelling I'm guessing it's going to lead to this big emotional climax where it's somehow going to be revealed that she's working for the pirates and then Tam and Kaz will feel very betrayed yes something like that did you also find that Kaz was less incompetent than usual in this episode yeah I mean that that makes sense I feel like as he develops they're gonna have him actually learn how to do things (laughs) and start pulling his weight a bit more but we also had I can't remember if it was Flix or Orca but one of them straight up called Kaz an idiot (laughs) (laughs) well well well, hopefully we're watching a learning process going on and we're seeing him actually be like oh wow yeah maybe I need to stop being an idiot (laughs) yeah I thought him and Yiga worked together quite well they did yeah that was nice to see and I liked seeing him be competent because it just gets a bit tiring when each episode it's like ooh I've lost the part Ah!" you know like it was much more like balanced this time like he wasn't like flawless he did make a few mistakes but they were more like reasonable mistakes and they weren't played up so much which I yeah liked. well they were just building the tension with him not quite being able to push it in I can't push it in <laughs> exactly did you see it coming from when the spaceship slammed into it yeah yeah I mean, yeah, it was still a relief <laughs> like, exactly oh. uh, yeah I think they did a good job with building that tension and it, again it's for little kids and I think that they would love it you know yeah no exactly and then of um, course at the end it's this last straw for Captain Noza he folds Yep. Which I was happy to see, even though it's obviously bad news for the Colossus, but I'm like, oh yeah, now we're going to get some good stuff. Yeah, no, that's really cool. I want to see what it looks like being protected, in air quotes, by the First Order. Yeah, protected. Yeah, I'm going to presume that means like a regular presence of stormtroopers, mm-hmm. because obviously we've seen them like hanging around sometimes when people have been visiting, but it's not like there's a permanent outpost there. And I reckon that's going to be the sort of thing they set up. Yeah, and what is that going to mean for the children from Jahar? Because they're still on the Colossus. Yeah, exactly. So that's going to screw them over, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I expect another episode returning to that, actually, which would be really cool. And again, like it's like I mentioned before, it really does signify the maturity of the storytelling. So it's not just like, and this week in Resistance... 
and like everything's the same it's just like a different like dilemma or something things are always building and always evolving in the background like not in like hugely dramatic ways but in really like small subtle ways over the course of the series and yeah i appreciate that there's a real like overarching story across the whole season yeah it's not like a forces of destiny thing which i loved too don't get me wrong um but it's not like this isolated episodic feel it's that this is building towards something that has real implications for the sequel trilogy exactly which is what we want (laughs) uh yeah do we have any other thoughts on sonara's score um i don't think so Mm -hmm. cool my last thought is just that sonara is a really nice name so good job yeah i really like that character design as well and i thought the voice actress did a really great job Mm. yeah it's very appealing looking so then we want to move on to the centerpiece say the jewel in the crown <laughs> um, which is a discussion of the stars holiday special am i right to think that someone on twitter suggested this as something for us to cover kirsty yes it was our listener andrew so thank awesome. you andrew for <laughs> making us sit through this <laughs> yeah thanks andrew Huh. No, in all seriousness, <laughs> no, it was something that I'd wanted to get around to for a while. And I'd, I'd seen clips of it here and there. Um, I actually saw quite a lot of it when I went to see Blast Points do their live show when they came to Seattle a few months ago. Oh, nice. So I'd, I'd seen a lot of it in isolation, but I hadn't seen it as... And it's a variety show, so it's not like one central narrative. You kind of have the Wookiee stuff as the thoroughfare, like they're trying to get back for life day, right? But... <laughs> that's just not the strongest parts of the show in my opinion Um, but yeah I'm glad I finally watched it and I feel like I liked it more than I expected to and it might become like part of my yearly ritual of watching Star Wars at this time of year Wow, with a few drinks that's the caveat, with a few drinks I was about to say, will your husband accept that? (sighs) I don't. He probably won't watch it with me. <laughs> probably just be me in the corner on the laptop. <laughs> nice. Going, no, itchy, no. <laughs> don't do it. Gross. Own it, Kirsty. Own it. <laughs> so I had seen like that whole thing with itchy and the hollow porn. Yeah. I had seen the song, but I didn't know the context of it. So I was kind of looking forward to that bit, like, oh, yeah, that's the part I recognise. She does this cool song, and she's, like, in a hollow. And then I was like, wait, what? Oh, oh, no. (laughs) Oh, no. Oh, no, he's masturbating, isn't he? Yeah, this is wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it's so disgusting. It is disgusting. Like, Itchy's obviously got this, like... He he doesn't... He's not cute like Chewy. (laughs) He's got this weird appearance... He's got a pervy um, old man face. Let's, yeah, that was let's probably. Let's say how it is. And he's mean to Lumpy. So I just didn't like him from the start. And then they do this and it's like, oh, enjoy life day, fella. <laughs> wink, wink. It's like, oh my God, this is bad. Yeah, it's really gross. This is horribly sexist and <laughs> really not. It's it's layer in the bikini on a whole other level. So. Yeah, like... The ge- seriously, the gender roles as a whole in this thing are just abysmal. Yes. But, like the fact that the mother Wookiee is there in an apron and cooking and watching the cooking show on TV. It's 
doesn't. I mean, I, I'm, I'm like, like I'm not denying that are mothers who wear aprons and watch cooking shows on TV. That describes my mum very well. Although my mum is definitely not a Wookie. Um, but it's like, oh my god, come on! And like, that's not even the start of it because yeah, then you get onto the flagrant objectification, and yeah, it's just so disgusting. And it's like, what were they thinking? I just. It just baffles my mind. I think I I just have to accept that this is made in the 70s. Yeah. And has a far more dated feel than Star Wars itself. Like, think about this as the sequel to Star Wars. Forget Empire. Empire who? Don't know her. (laughs) This is the sequel to Star Wars. Oh, God. Can you imagine that feeling of crushing disappointment if you were a child and you had been thinking about the holiday special in those terms? in 1978 oh my god we're gonna find out what happened next this is gonna be so exciting i know you get that you know you would be crushed i'd like to speak to someone who remembers watching it live because i think they only ever read it once and then george lucas was just not happy with it and there have been various contradictory quotes over the years as to how involved he was it seems like he was involved a lot at the beginning and then over time they had like budgeting issues and time issues, constraints, and then he was working on Empire, so just kind of left the project, or at least yeah. took a big step back, left them to get on with it, and then really wasn't happy with the final product. Yeah. But it's just so funny to contextualize this between those two amazing movies that we all known and loved for so long. It's like, what happened here? I love it, don't get me wrong, but you have to just love it in an ironic way, I guess. Yeah, exactly. It's like, um, oh boy, Like I think from my reading about the behind the scenes, it seems like the idea of the Wookiees and that being the main emphasis, that very much came from George Lucas. And like of course the, it, it did. Yeah, of course it did. And the image of the um, treehouse that they're in, that's actually like art by Ralph McQuarrie. Who's I actually like, really like that set. Yeah, no, it looks really good, right? Yeah, I love the part where Lumpy's like... He, you know, he almost had his own Luke Skywalker moment of, oh, I don't want to be here. I don't want to be doing my chores. I want to go out and discover the world. And then you see him go outside and he's like scaling the walls. <laughs> he almost has his own little Kaz moment. <laughs> yeah. Sneaking Can you around. imagine how much better it would have been if um, <laughs> like, like he had actually gone off on an adventure, you know, and just done something, not just stayed in that bloody house. Like say, it was quite a nice set. You know, but it's just like, please just do something. Because it's literally just like the most feeble premise. It's just used as an excuse for all these like variety show interludes, you know. (laughs) And it's also especially weird to talk about it and to watch it as a British person. Because like all these personalities in the show, they're all so specific to like North America. You know, like I have almost no concept of who B. Arthur is. For example, you know. Well, if you don't watch Golden Girls, I guess it's yeah, it's lost on you a bit. Yeah, exactly. Like she's just like she doesn't mean anything to me. Although I recognise that she's a very big pop culture figure in America, you know. So that just adds like an extra layer of weirdness and disassociation for me. <laughs> so. I was reading it earlier. Apparently, she filmed that whole sequence and didn't even realise that it was Star Wars. <laughs> That sounds about right, to be honest. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Because, I mean, that was one of my favourite segments, actually, Akmina in the Cantina. 
uh, I just love the interactions with her and the clients, but also like <laughs> just when the Empire like tells them to like get out and no one's listening to her and then she's being she's getting these creeps well, that oh, I can't remember his name, but that main guy who would just like would not leave her alone. And when she gets mm. everyone out at the end of the song, he's still there. Um, I found that extremely relatable as someone who's worked for years as a bartender. Right. <laughs> but oh. it's just the fact that she didn't even know where she was filming it, that it was Star Wars. It was like, yeah, a lot of this stuff is only like very tenuously related. Because <laughs> your favorite part was Jefferson Starship, right? <laughs> That's nothing to do with Star Wars. To say my favourite part is Jefferson Starship isn't quite right. It's just because of how Jefferson Starship is used. <laughs> it's, it's literally just like everything stops just for like five minutes so there can be a performance of Jefferson Starship. But in the context of the action of the holiday special, that happens because this Imperial officer who's there to... I don't know, like, investigate the Wookiees? Like, find out if they're, like, hiding like rebel stuff? I think that's why they're there. Like, he just sits down and stops to watch a music video for five As minutes. As you do. Yeah. And it's like, what the hell? Like, shouldn't he be being disciplined for this? Shouldn't someone be saying, no, he stopped watching the you video? Just, you just have to not worry about it, Rachel. You just have to go over it. <laughs> you just have to love the holiday special and all of its glory. <laughs> just embrace it. It's and just, then the whole the cartoon uh, bit, which I think is one of the strongest parts actually, and has held up pretty well. And obviously, mm. is of course the introduction to Boba Fett. Um, yes, that just is because Lumpy sits down and decides he's going to watch a cartoon. You know, it's like they have to find <laughs> these connections, but you can't think about it too much because it is all incredibly silly. Yeah, no, the cartoon was one of the highlights. At least there was a story there. At least there was like action and imagination. <laughs> And there's even like a bit of like duplicitousness with Boba Fett. And at first they think he's a friend, and of course he's not, because he's Boba Fett. That was but... cute. Luke was so trusting. <laughs> he was. It was adorable. Um... <laughs> um, like so, right? Should we should probably go? I know to we're the jumping beginning. all over the place because there's yeah. just so much here. Well, the show uh, does as well, so yeah. I don't think it's that unreasonable. It's hard to know what to focus on, because I have parts that are like, I really love them, but not necessarily because they're good. Like, whip, whip, stir, whip. It's just iconic for me now. Whip, whip, stir, whip, whip, stir, stir, oh. whip, whip. Yeah, Marla watching her YouTube tutorials. Oh, it's adorable. I love how she gets so into it, though. That's quite exactly. cute. Exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah, but this thing, it starts off, as Kirsty has put it, with floating heads in space. And we are immediately made aware of how no one involved with the production wanted to be there. <laughs> <laughs> Some of them are better at hiding it than others. Some of them are better than hide at hiding it than others, yes. Um, Harrison Ford is not good at hiding it at all. He literally looks like he wants to... <laughs> like get be mercy killed or something like he just looks so dead inside <laughs> it's in his contract so he has to be there he has to deal with it yeah so mark hamill and carrie fisher that they're both definitely better than harrison at hiding their feelings about being there although i'm sure neither of them were particularly enthralled by the prospect i think mark is of... looking very fetching with his full face of makeup and contouring yeah. and eyeliner do you know why he has so much makeup 
uh, I'm guessing it's related to his accident. Had that, that yeah. happened at this point, right? Yeah, it happened, and it was still quite recent, I think. Yeah. So, yeah, it was very much about disguising that, I think. Um, but yeah, like it's really weird, especially with Mark for me, because he just looks so different from Luke in either of the films on either side of the holiday special. He really doesn't look much like Luke in Star Wars, and he doesn't look much like Luke in Empire Strikes Back either. Like he again. still has that really cute spirit, though. Like when he's talking to the Wookies on the video phone. Oh yeah, <laughs> he's like, yeah. Oh, definitely. can you put Chewbacca on? And yeah, he's like, "Come on, Marla, give me a smile." <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. Luke, are you flirting with Chewbacca's wife? <laughs> he absolutely has that like Luke energy about him, which is awesome. I think it's just that you can tell that they called these people in like off when they were on break, basically, and doing right. other things. And so they're clearly not in Styles mode yet. Out of all of them, I think Carrie looks the most like Leia. Mm. Um, yeah, I guess because it's easy to put the buns on. <laughs> then, yep, you're Leia. So. Yeah, she looked really lovely. She did look good. Um, yeah, would you then like to introduce how we are introduced to the Wookiees, Kirsty? Well, first we get Chewie and Han in the Falcon, right? Because they're oh, trying yeah, to get Chewie back in time for Life Day. Yes. And they're using their state of the art effects to like throw them around and make it look very dramatic. <laughs> yes. I know it's, it's an adorable. important day. Classic Han Solo yelling. <laughs> Actually, I that's think it's a, a good opening. I think it's very charming. Yeah, no, it's quite a good way to start it. Um, would you say yeah, that you're like being day... so much more reserved than me? <laughs> I'm yeah, like, oh, I, guess... I love that. I think it's great. And you're like, it's okay, I guess. Yeah, like, I don't think I'm quite as enamored with it. <laughs> I just went with it, you know? Yeah, yeah. No, it's good. Because I kept seeing these, you know, I felt like I'd been warned against watching it um, over the years. Like, people have been like, oh, just avoid it. Um, Oh, I can't even get through it. It's not even fun in a, like, so bad it's good way. I Mm. found myself enjoying it. Yeah. And it might have helped that I, the first time I watched it, it was hosted by a listener of ours on Rabbit, actually. Um, Amy Wishman-Nalen hosted a Rabbit event for it. And it was so much fun because oh, that's in nice. there, you're chatting with a load of people. So you're yeah. like viewing it together and yeah. you're just enjoying the silliness. So yeah, thank you, you Amy. You, that was a lot of fun. You see, I would have liked to have watched it under those circumstances because it's different watching it like that from watching it just on your own. Mm. You know, there's not quite the same level of joy. I was yeah, able I watched... to um, like comment on certain parts to you via WhatsApp, so that helped. <laughs> yeah, and there but... were moments where you went pretty quiet, and I was like, "Oh, is she not liking this part?" <laughs> no, either that, I was just so absorbed that I I was too distracted to write to you. So <laughs> that must have been it. Yeah, You're just immersed in the beauty that is the holiday special. <laughs> yeah, the true wonder of it. Um. Yeah, so after that marvellous scene with um, Han and Chewie, we actually go to the Wookiee house, is that correct? Yes. Uh, And then we get that very long scene of the Wookiees conversing with no subtitles. (laughs) So you're just going by body language. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Basically what's coming across is that Lumpy and Itchy do not get on very well. Itchy's kind of an asshole. (laughs) <laughs> and Marla wants Lumpy to stop treating the house like a hotel and chip in with the chores, which is fair enough. <laughs> Are we guessing that Lumpy is like meant to be like an adolescent or is he a literal child? I thought he was a child. 
Yeah, he struck me as a child as well. He was like playing with his planes and stealing cookies and has his bamfa <laughs> plushie. Like he seemed pretty young. Yeah, he didn't have like a leather jacket. <laughs> he wasn't interested in grandpa's porn stash. So. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> oh, it's so horrifying. It's bad. Um, yeah, it's really bad. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, just seriously, the entertainment in the Star Wars world seems so god awful. Oh, you mean like the acrobats? Yes. I like to think that this is the entertainment that baby Ben Solo had. <laughs> Maybe that's part of why he turned to the dark side. I'm going to fight for better entertainment options for the whole galaxy. Well, that would be a noble and justified crusade if that were his mission. That whole oh thing is God. really funny, though, where they just turn on and that, and it keeps like jumping to Lumpy's facial expressions, and he's got his wide eyes and like, <laughs> wow, I love it, so impressive. I'm watching these human jugglers. Yeah, it's so seventies. It really is, and yeah, and it's also just like I really felt for the poor actors. Because, like, the way they were using their eyes, it was, like, so desperate, you know? They were clearly trying very, very hard to convey anything through the eyes because that was the only part of their faces that was visible. Yeah, it must have been incredibly uncomfortable. It must have. And it just made them all look a bit crazy. (laughs) It's like, help me! (laughs) That's what the eyes said a lot of the time. You know, it's like, please let me out. I know, it's a bit creepy. Which I never thought about Chewy. You know? No. Chewy is yeah. lovable and familiar and very expressive. Whereas, I don't know if it was like the budget stuff that they had for these suits or just the directorial or writing decisions, but it was like, oh no, it's not quite working. Because <laughs> if you contrast it with, um, you know, when Chewy meets, um, I can't remember his name, but the other Wookiee in Solo, that mm. stuff is so emotional and like you can really get them as characters but this is just like not working yeah and i think to be honest it works so well in the original star wars because you always have chewy in relation to humans so it's not like there's like a 10 minute scene where it's just all wookies conversing in their language which is what you get in the holiday special yeah it's just so the- alienating and there's no like way in for you as like a normal human viewing this Right, and by the time we get to Solo, we do think of Chewie as one of the human characters, right? Yes. So that works with him and another Wookiee, because we have that emotional connection to him. But here it's like, well, we know these people are his family, but (laughs) why am I watching this 10 minutes uninterrupted Wookiee treehouse scene? I don't know. It's funny. It'd be like, there could be like an alternate version where like, it's not like Chewie's family, it's Han's family. And it's just like his like deadbeat brother or something. And, and they're all just there, like sat around, like in like a scummy, like a hotel room or something, like drinking. Apparently they considered giving Han Solo a Wookiee wife in this. Oh, fuck. Like, does that mean that's, that he also lives on Kashyyyk? That's so messed up in so many ways. <laughs> I'm, I'm not going like, to worry about how canon it is, but... Yeah. I, well, let me put it this way. I'm glad that didn't happen. Han Solo is a fairy. Yeah. Ben Solo <laughs> would have looked very different with a Wookiee mother. I wonder if Ben Solo and Lumpy were friends. 
They could have been playmates. <sighs> Let's think about the timeline. I I guess it depends how long childhood lasts for a Wookiee. Because, like, Lumpy... Like, let's, for the sake of argument, say he's, like, ten years old. Oh, yeah, is. but... Because their lifespan's so much longer, so when does he reach adulthood? Yeah, that's true. Yeah, mm. maybe he's, like, ten years old for 40 years or something. This information horrendous. has got to be out there, but... Yeah. Uh, that's your homework for after this, Kirsty, to find out more <laughs> about the lifespan of Wookiees. Um, yeah, so then we have, like, Luke... Um, <laughs> making an appearance uh yeah Kirsty, could you help me discuss this uh it's just very pure he's there working on his ship with r2 and then he's like oh hi marla how's it going <laughs> and then marla's got the picture of chewy in the background and he thinks that chewy's there so he's like can you bring him closer can i see him oh he's not there yet oh dear i hope him and hannah are okay they left and they should have been back now and it's just them checking in with each other and uh, <laughs> Marcus young Luke is just adorable. It is adorable. So pure. I, I do He's again really have, trying. Yeah. I, I do again have so many questions though about like why does everyone care so much about Chewbacca's family? <laughs> they're trying to get back for life day. It's very important in Wookiee culture, okay? <laughs> They're all friends. It's like, hey, Marla, how you doing? And then later on, Leia checks in and that, I still don't know his name, the guy who's just there, who gives Itchy the porn. Um, He's like, oh, don't worry, I'll take care of Marla. It's like, why can't Marla take care of herself? Because she's been there managing the family the whole time that Chewie's been away. It's clearly because she's a woman. Well, but she's talking to Leia. Leia can take care of herself. So can Marla. The holiday special doesn't acknowledge that. <laughs> um, oh my god. Um, <laughs> Vader. Hmm? Sorry, I'm just trying to get my train of thoughts. The whole thing is just I so know. surreal. This and- is just going to not be an organised discussion because by nature the the actual source material jumps around so much that it's like, wait, what happens next? How do we get to that point? What's the transition there? Yeah. Because the next part after this, like after she speaks with Luke, they got that weird sketch with him as the shop owner who obviously eventually turns up on Kashyyyk and is, like, giving them their gifts and making sure that they, they're taken care of while Han and Chewie get back. Yes. But he's, like, in this... Because they cut to him on TV. Like, they're looking at TV and then he's speaking to them, <laughs> but the Imperial can't hear him speaking to them and he's, like, speaking in his weird code, like, oh, you're wondering when that shaggy carpet will get home. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Talking about Han and Chewie, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, she did it by hand. Han Solo. <laughs> so cool. No one will be able to crack that code. Oh, Han Solo. <laughs> yeah, just just for all the four-year-olds in the audience. Amazing. Yeah. But yeah, you're, you're not quite sure what's going on, but all right. The Imperials are after Chewie, which makes sense. He's part of the rebellion. Yeah. Um, and then they show up later. They followed him there. And you yeah. get a random look at Vader, voiced by Jem yeah. Jones, in the scene that's like 10 seconds long. 
with that, I really think that has to be a cutscene from Star Wars. Oh, yeah. I really don't think that's anything they shot new because that's clearly on the sets they used for the film. And there's no way they had money to rebuild those sets. Because I guess that's like setting up the animated section later on, right? With Vader sending Boba Fett after them. Yes, that's true. Although I'm very, very confused about the reality of that animated section because Lumpy watches it on TV like it's a kid's Saturday morning TV show. Yeah, is it actually meant to be something that genuinely happens to Luke and Kang? It's just Yeah, I'm not know. sure. Just the whole thing is like a fever dream. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it is literally like trying to bring sense to your dreams. And yeah, that's why it's so difficult. Yeah, just roll with it. <laughs> yeah, no need to roll what roll roll like the wind. Um, and then after Vader we cut back to the Wookiees. <laughs> which we all wanted. And Marla's making Bantha surprise. As you do with Gormanda. <laughs> She's watching YouTube food channels and learning to stir whip, stir whip, 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 stir. Gormanda is a really disgusting, gross name. I, I guess like it's it. meant to be like Gourmand, like someone who's into, who's basically a foodie, right? Yes. But it just sounds gross to me. <laughs> And yeah, like, and it's just, it's one of the more entertaining parts. It's definitely one of the highlights of the whole thing for me because it is entertaining and funny. Mm. Um, but I yeah, like her again, outfit. yeah, her outfit's amazing. She looks like some sort of deranged mother goose. <laughs> um, but that that is a dude in a dress, right? Oh, yeah, it's that same guy. Is it Harvey someone? Is oh, Harvey the guy Corman? who comes to the house. With the yeah, kids. he does a bunch of the different characters. He does. The, doesn't he do the guy in the cantina scene as well? Yeah, Harvey Corman. Oh See, my god! Sorry for people listening who are like, "This guy's a national treasure" or something. Oh, it looks like he was in Blazing Saddles. This is probably an incredibly popular person, and we're just like, who? Yeah, again, it's one of those names I've heard of, but like I can't place. Oh, him. he was on the Carol Burnett show, so that was that like a very famous sketch comedy series. Right. Yeah. So I guess for us, it's like for people like Bruce For- Forsyth and exactly. Walkman Wise. Or like Anton Deck these days. Yeah, <laughs> you know, exactly. These really cheesy people. They're literally only known if you live in the country. <laughs> um, well, and yeah. Wise, I think, are pretty famous. but I'm not sure they're known beyond Britain, though, to be honest. Oh, really? I'd be surprised. Oh, okay. Um, but, yeah... <laughs> Just Either way, like, yeah, it's the same guy. Yeah, same guy, and the cooking show is a treasure. I, I would actually have preferred to have seen like a forty-minute version of the cooking show, rather <laughs> than all the bullshit with the wookies. Well, and it would make still the make the same amount of sense. It would still make the same amount of sense. Let's face it. Yeah. And this part, I was trying to work out: Can Gormanda? Is it a TV show she's watching, or is Gormanda looking at her and teaching her how to cook and like talking to her as she's doing it? I couldn't. I couldn't quite work it out. I thought it was the former. I thought okay. it was just a TV show. All right. Because lots of those cooking shows operate like that. It's like and now we put the blah in the blah and that sort yeah. of thing. You know? I don't know. I can't. I can't remember exactly. But it just seemed to me like she was almost reacting to Marla. Or but you're right. She could have just been like encouraging the general audience. Yeah. And it was like 
the bizarre combination of dancing and aerobics it was just like yeah let's let's break a sweat <laughs> <laughs> pour that sweat into that bowl delicious <laughs> again though it does raise interesting questions like I would be curious to see like you know all these TV series they're doing for Star Wars now why not do one behind the scenes of a TV station in the Star Wars universe <laughs> You know, they could do that. They could do that. Like, right, what sort of programming do we put on to appeal to the largest interspecies audience possible? I do think there's a chance that they'll start bringing in elements like this that are a bit more, like, low-key and domesticated, like, looks at regular Star Wars people's lives. Yes. And they've made stuff that's in the holiday special canon at this point. Like, you know, we saw from The Mandalorian, Jon Favreau posted that picture of the weapon so that's boba fett's weapon mm-hmm. um and i guess it'll be the mandalorian's weapon whoever he is and yeah. um lumpy and mala are now canon mm-hmm. i get that's the impression that pablo life. especially has quite a lot of affection for the holiday special yeah i mean i don't blame him there's there's gold here <laughs> yeah that's adorable um right then there's a little brief cut back to Han and Chewie. These things are so pointless. <laughs> you mean, I mean the I get like, it, interludes? Cause, yeah, because it's so brief and it's just more of like Harrison being like, oh, out of the frying pan into the fire, huh, pal? And like them just like being jolted around like, whoa, we're in yeah. space, we promise. <laughs> and don't forget that footage from the film. You know, that film you liked. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, it's all so humiliating. I guess it's adding to the tense, like, will they make it back in time for Life Day celebrations? <laughs> so because, of course, everyone is so engrossed at exactly. this point. It's so compelling. Um, yeah, and then we have the abject horror that is um, Itchy. That is the grandpa's name, right? Itchy? Yeah. Watching porn, which yeah. is led by poor Diane Carroll singing a nice song. While being all like sexy and sensual, and I, I just feel like, oh my god, I really hope that poor woman never had to actually like watch the broadcast version of it. This is one right. thing for her as a performer to like what just perform the song. Did know, she even understand like, that she was talking to this old man Wookie? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I Maybe doubt she it might very not have much. Been told that. I strongly doubt it. Opening where she's like, I know you're searching for me. <laughs> My voice is for you alone. It's like, oh no! Star Wars Holiday Special predicted virtual porn. Yeah, I was about to say. It's like, in a way, is being creepily prescient about oh, yeah. certain things. And it's like, oh no. I do actually think the song, like, she sings it well. Yes. It's just, you can't get away from what it's actually about. Yeah, it's just how it's used. And again, it's like, what sort of thought process was that? Because, like, again, when you read the background of the thing, it's clearly intended for a family audience. It was right. meant to sell toys. That sort it's of thing. It's a different time. Yeah, and it's like, what were you thinking? It's just so bizarre. Yeah. Yeah. You're it, like having this woman, she's like, oh, I'm here for your pleasure this is all about you and then you cut back to him and he's like making these horrible noises it's like <laughs> okay i guess we're doing this <laughs> this is happening it's like, oh no 
it's just yeah it's the absolute worst <laughs> yeah it's very very creepy and eerie yeah and itchy himself just looks horrifying because yeah. like marla at least she has quite a kind looking face yeah you know, she like, does as... when they close up on her it's like oh marla yeah you like her like she looks nice whereas like itchy looks positively monstrous I can only presume that Chewie had like quite a good-looking mother who like didn't look like some creepy pervert um, because Chewie does not resemble his father in any way. No. <laughs> so yeah, oh I might be God. skipping that part if I watch it again. Yeah. yeah, and it's also sorry to go on about this, but it's just bizarre and fascinating to me. So like, is that really what Wookiees like fantasize about? Like naked, like semi-naked humans. <laughs> it's like, well, wouldn't yeah. they fantasize about other Wookies? I, I don't, I don't know. I'm so confused. Yeah, it's interesting. Not sure. I guess I. It's interesting to think about whether the hollow is generated by Itchy's mind. Like this is his fantasy, or whether mm. it's like pre-programmed with a few, and then he picks one. Or yeah. <laughs> oh, oh my god. I think we're giving this a lot of thought it doesn't deserve. <laughs> well, it's just like, really? What? I want yeah. to know the genesis of this entire section. Was yeah. this George Lucas? Was it someone else? Because I know George was like, okay, I want the Wookiee stuff. Like, he yeah. wanted the life on Kashyyyk. But yeah. this specifically, to be honest, I doubt. Because we've heard a lot about how George Lucas was very much like against, you know, the idea of explicit fan fiction, for example. Yeah, like he was very much like, no, it's a family-friendly franchise. <laughs> However sexy Han and Leia and Anakin and Padme get, it was still very much family-friendly. Yes, but this is not. Yeah, <laughs> so absolutely not. So, if anyone has any idea about how this all happened, <laughs> let us know. Yeah, because uh, there are like conflicting quotes out there as to what Lucas's involvement was. Yes. So. Oh god. Um, right. Then yeah, so then we have our first proper appearance from Carrie Fisher. Um as Leia and C3PO um reach out to Marla. Um and yeah, so again it's all very life day focused and <laughs> they want to see Han or Chewie, because they clearly don't actually care about Marla. They just rush through the pleasantries as quickly as possible. Happy life day. Can now I put Han on. Husband, please? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's really bad. Um, and yeah, it doesn't go anywhere, right? It is basically no, it like doesn't. a dead end. It's like, oh, well, they're still not there. Oh, that's weird. I guess we'll look into that for you and let you know. <laughs> And of course, there's no comeback from that, is there? It's not like Leia actually calls in. Did, or does she? Yeah. No, no because back. I think the next time they would see her is when they're at the end and actually <laughs> somehow at the tree of life with the Wookiees <laughs> and celebrating life day. So they all God. get together at the end. It it's all such a out. monumental shit show. <laughs> <laughs> and Carrie's using her English accent again for some reason. Yes. <laughs> Did you think that? Like, she just has this... It's kind of like... um. The old-fashioned American accent that they used to use in older movies, where yeah. they do sound kind of English for some reason. Yeah, no, it's like very much classical mode. Um, yeah, and she does quite a good job for them. So kudos to her. <laughs> um, They're doing the best with what they have. Yeah, 
And then because Star Wars wants to show us how hip and hanging with the kids it is, uh, we get a music video from Jefferson Starship. Um, I believe that the music video comes shortly after the Imperials um, arrive at the Wookiees' home. And then they're all like, we're going to search for the premises. And then like one of the Imperials, he just decides to sit down at this like video monitor and watch Jefferson Starship for five minutes. <laughs> she needs a break, needs a break. from all the oppression okay it's tiring <laughs> Jefferson starship is his favorite band <laughs> it's like oh man that's amazing can't miss a performance by my faves oh lord um and yeah again it's a pretty decent song i guess yeah i liked it i can't remember yeah. how it goes it was something like i really want to know or something I, yeah, I, I don't for a minute think it was especially composed for <laughs> but I think they did it well and he had like a purple lightsaber style microphone <laughs> yes. that's what I'm going to say it looked like it looked like a lightsaber not anything else <laughs> oh my god and the song because we talked before about how the beginning of solo has these like 70s 80s vibes right i can totally imagine this song being played by han when he steals that speeder and they're racing through corellia mm. it just has that like yeah <laughs> yeah so, so hip <laughs> yeah but I just like you I just think it's so hilarious that it keeps cutting out of the performance to remind you yes we're still with the Imperials they're on Kashyyyk that's what's <laughs> happening right now okay stay focused <laughs> just just accept that this dude is watching it and having a great time he just loves this band okay <laughs> Imperials <laughs> like music too hashtag it's just time for Top of the Pops on Kashyyyk right <laughs> yes go with it oh my god um yeah and then we get the famous cartoon, which is generally acknowledged to be one of the better parts of this special. I like it. I think it's good. Yeah, I, I thought it was decent. <laughs> like, I wasn't as enthralled by it as you were. <laughs> well, um, but it was a respite. Indeed. It was a respite. You know, it had a story, <laughs> it had acting, exactly. it had setup and payoff and stuff exactly. all things the rest of the special does not have <laughs> so i could certainly appreciate it on that level I, I don't mean to low. sound ungrateful yes the bar is very low <laughs> <laughs> the animator style was a bit creepy they were all very clearly like caricatures it was yeah. not very flattering for harrison ford gotta oh say god no like his eyes looked permanently closed it was really weird. how do you make han solo look unattractive well they managed yeah so. it was really gross <laughs> sorry that might be a bit strong but it was, it was just, just like, no. it was very stylized yeah um which i think worked in some moments like the moment where luke realizes that boba fett's betrayed him because c3po spells it out you yes. get that like face journey of luke's like his eyes widening and the look of horror i think that works really well yes that was well done and it was yeah. interesting to see boba fett actually given character development which he doesn't yeah. have in basically any of the films it's so interesting i'd seen this before but i hadn't quite put together that this was the first like this was our introduction to boba fett yes and it's really promising you know like that duplicity and like pretending that he's a friend and then obviously in empire you don't really get any of that he's just out to get them he's not yep. like pretending to be a friend or anything um, yeah it was funny because i think it was just this week or maybe last week that mark hamill was talking on twitter about how he'd suggested to george lucas that 
to top the twist of Vader being his father, it should have been revealed afterwards that Boba Fett was Luke's mother. (laughs) (laughs) Can you imagine? You see, this is why we don't listen to Mark Hamill's ideas. <laughs> oh, I feel mean in saying that. No, I think he he puts the stuff out there to be like, look, don't necessarily listen to me. Yeah, like, this course. is just me spitballing. <laughs> Can you imagine? And then you'd get some like horrible, horrible sex scene with Darth Vader and Boba Fett. I mean, I do like the idea of Boba Fett being revealed to be a woman. And maybe mm. that went into some of the conceptualizing for Emphis Nest. Yes, that was cool. You can absolutely but. subvert expectations in those ways. It's just, I, I think in that case, it's just too much because even one secret parent in a shock twist is pushing it, you know, and yeah. Having yeah. two, it's just... And dumb. there's there's nothing in Vader and Boa Fett's relationship in Empire to be like, oh, maybe there's something going on there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. But okay, now we know about Mark Hamill's shipping preferences. Yeah, no, an interesting insight indeed. I hear that you like the dinosaurs in the cartoon, Kirsty. <laughs> I do. Um, I would love to see a dinosaur in the Mandalorian. See yes, if that happens. That would be um, cool. Because yeah, we've seen that the the forked weapon is going to be used for to some extent. I don't know if that will be a major part of the story, or he'll be because I saw in the photo that they first released that he was carrying it, right? Yes. So maybe that's just with him all the time. But it looks like it'd be quite heavy and unwieldy. So. Yeah. No, and maybe that's like a cultural thing on Mandalore that everyone has their own like dinosaur training experience or something. Mm-hmm. So Han and Luke have like a weird sleeping virus. <laughs> so they have to be hung upside down to control it. And then Boba and Chewie need to go to the mall to find a cure. <laughs> surprisingly involved. Yeah, no, and that's when. To me. Yeah, and then Boba finds a way to contact Vader and be like, "Yes, I found the rebels." And Vader's like, "Oh yes, I'd been told that you were the best bounty hunter in the galaxy." So. And my wife. Yes, and we're also <laughs> lovers. <laughs> oh no! And at the end, <laughs> they ask Chewie how he knew that Boba Fett was bad from the beginning, and he says because he smelled bad. Oh. So it's canon that Boba Fett smelled bad and could do a bath. Yeah, interesting detail. So you know, yeah, it's very important. No, that's the end of the animation. Yeah, and again, the actual role of that animation in real events is supremely unclear. It must be said. Um, so we don't know if that's like an actual adventure that happened for those characters, or if there's just like a Saturday, like morning TV show in within the universe that follows the adventures of these characters. Which would seem implausible because then it would have to get through the sensors, which yeah, I'm not sure I buy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because the the whole thing like in universe seems to be that Lumpy is just trying to get out of doing his chores, right? <laughs> yes. And then yeah, after the cartoon, they're like, "Go and clean your room." <laughs> For some reason, the Imperial. <laughs> Military officers are bullying this Wookiee child. And then nudge, nudge, wink, wink to Marla, like, oh, that'll keep him occupied for a while. <laughs> She's like, uh, could you leave my son alone, please? <laughs> Is this seriously the most important thing that these Imperials have to do? 
like, I guess it's pretty around Wookiee children. Well, they're waiting for Han and Chewie to get back, right? And <laughs> they're obviously wanted criminal terrorists. So yes, so that's it's important, important that they're there. But in the meantime, they're just like watching their TV and. <laughs> it's weird they're just trolling yeah and poor lumpy's like oh i guess i've got to go upstairs and clean my room and then he gets there and realizes that they have destroyed his banfa plushie as they've <laughs> hunted around for presumably very important rebellion secrets that don't exist <laughs> and seriously i think that banfa plushie plushie was my favorite thing i'm gonna get one of those show. Do they do them? Do they exist? Yeah, I searched for them and I found them at Target, so I'm going to order one. Oh my god, that's amazing. I'm going to mm-hmm. type that in. Bamp for plushie. Unfortunately, Target does not exist here, but... Holiday oh special my god! You're right, and it literally looks exactly like the one exactly. from the holiday special. <laughs> yes. It's great. That's amazing. Oh, poor so he gives the band for a bit of a burial. He covers him in his blanket and there's this really sad music playing. <laughs> it's a very emotionally somber moment that's like, oh, wait, what? <laughs> it's like, we're just on a roller coaster here, guys. Yeah. It's like full, full of deep emotionality. Yeah. And then, of course, because it's a holiday special and they have to switch to something else, he starts watching this like engineering tutorial for something, like a piece of equipment that he has <laughs> that he needs to learn how to use. I think I'd completely zoned out by this point. I didn't okay. even take it in. This might be me just being kind of crazy, but this part almost had like Twin Peaks vibes for me. Mm. They kept like slowing down the guy's speech, and then I almost like started expecting him to like speak backwards and. <laughs> Some of the dialogue, like, beautiful, aren't they? Like a rainbow. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's just oh, like, God. why Why is this here? Why do we need to watch Lumpy watching an engineering tutorial? Why are they watching so much TV? They need I to can, cut down on their screen time. I can tell you exactly why all this shit is here. They had a set, a specified runtime to feel. And they couldn't it's think like, of anything oh, no. else? Clearly not. Clearly not. <laughs> <sighs> okay, we're almost at the end here. Yes. Okay. You can do this. You can do this. Okay. So yeah, would you like to go into the cantina scenes? I know that's one of your favourites. It is one of my favourites, and I hear that you're not as enamoured with it, but Yeah, I like it, I, I was just so You were done what? at this point. Yeah, I was just so <laughs> worn down by this point that I was like, I, I just don't care anymore. <laughs> That, that yeah, was see, I was probably me. on my third drink by now, so... Yeah, you see, I didn't have any alcohol. That was my mistake. Oh. So next time, yeah, I'll probably do it that way. It would probably be a more enjoyable experience. But yeah, please go. Well, I just... I always love a revisit to, like, a cantina scene. Yes. You know, I know people kind of complained about the one in The Force Awakens being too much of a rip-off, but I just love that. I consider it an element of Star Wars that you want to revisit. And... I just really like that this was like really sticking close to the original, right? Yeah. Um, and you even had the same cantina music slowed down. It was like they just have that same band there playing the same song the whole time, right? Yes. <laughs> Very kind of badly. Yeah. Maybe like the tune is actually like decoded as "Help us." <laughs> We're trapped. Because isn't, isn't there a story about that in from a certain point of view? Like, they get kind of bullied into it, or at least they're not given enough money 
for what they 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 were promised and i don't know they're not very happy about that band yeah yeah i don't remember it very clearly the jizz whalers (laughs) 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 anyway so this sketch is focused on akmina the barmaid Mm -hmm. um in like a peggy mitchell role yes felt very eastenders to me or coronation street or whatever it definitely felt i guess like cheers would be the american example i don't know yeah um but yeah she's like having to fend off this creep who's apparently in love with her and she is so clearly not interested yes it's he comes behind the bar and like starts groping her and i don't know it's not good again the (laughs) the gender politics of this is Terrible. An issue if you think about Terrible. it too much. It's quite funny because it's leading up to this point where he's like, "Oh, you you said those six words to me," and then it, just as he says that, she's saying to a guy who's leaving, "Come back soon. I'll be waiting." <laughs> it's like the look on his face. It's like she obviously said that to him, and he's been thinking that she had genuine feelings for him, whereas she was just doing her job. And yeah. Part of her job is to be nice to the customers. This is just. I've been there. So, yeah, <laughs> I felt this. I felt for Akmina. You could relate. <laughs> Very relatable. Nice. Anyway, Andrew, who recommended that we watch the show and talk about it, mm-hmm. um, he talked to me and reminded me that B. Arthur's character, Akmina, was made canon again in a story from, from a certain point of view. Right. And yep. she lives in Moss Eisley with her wife, Saucy. Nice. Awesome. Is Saucy so, a character in the holiday special at all? I don't think so. I yeah. saw some fan art. I don't know... I think she's a Twi'lek. Okay, um, that's really cool. At least based on the fan art that I saw. Um, so yeah, queer representation in the I holiday like special, at least retroactively. Yeah. No, that's good. That's some sort of justice for all the bullshit that Akamina has to go through. <laughs> yeah, because the emotional labour that she has to fulfil here, like, okay, so she watches the, the message from the Empire and she's like, fuck, I have to get all of these clients out. I need to make sure everyone's safe so she's begging them to leave stop drinking in order to save their lives and no one's listening to her yeah she has to sing to get rid of them like okay (laughs) one more round on me i'll pay for you all to piss off to save your lives yeah she's the hero none of them deserve seriously oh my gosh she's a hero i love akmina okay yeah I just look in, there's a surprisingly impressive body of fan art for Akmina. That's really cool. Mm-hmm. She was a highlight of the show for me, so. Yeah, she was definitely, like, the strongest female character, easily. Like, not that that was hard, given the <laughs> manner in which the female characters were presented, but, hey, you've got to take what you can get, so. Yeah. yeah. So, there we are. I, I love the song as well. Good yeah, night, no, that was a good, good night, song. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there were so many songs. It was like, what is this desire to make Star Wars like a musical? <laughs> you say that like it's a bad thing. Yeah. I, I think I just need to find the joy that's clearly buried deep in my rotten heart. Are you telling me that if we got a chance to have a sequel trilogy holiday special, you would not be interested? Oh god, I would be so interested with like, songs. Yeah, with songs, I'd want everyone to sing. But seriously, after we finish talking about the actual existent holiday special, <laughs> we should definitely talk about the holiday special we'd want to see for the sequel trilogy. That's the thing we should I do. I want it so much. 
<laughs> come on, Lucasfilm, come through. Oh, oh my God. Right, so... um. <laughs> Yeah, then we cut out from the cantina back to the Wookiee's home <laughs> and thank f*** Han finally arrived. Hooray! <laughs> yes. They're back for life day. Come here, sweetheart. It's all right. Here's your daddy. <laughs> and again, poor Harrison, he really does just look like, nope, 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 nope. Bless him. I wonder how much they got paid for this. <laughs> Probably not very much. Yeah, I was about to say, not enough. <laughs> Never enough. Um, yeah, and then there's a reunion between Chewie and his family. And then everyone walks through space. With snuggies their, on. With snuggies. Is that like onesies? Uh, yeah, like those big blankets. So you put your arms through the holes. Like a giant poncho, basically, right? But it's oh, made okay. of that fleece material. Right. They look like sense. snuggies to me. They were all red. And yes, they were walking through space. <laughs> as you do. Because that's absolutely a thing you can do in this galaxy now. Towards the bright light. <laughs> of a merciful death. <laughs> it was like a riff on the Rebels episode World Between Worlds. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about, right? Where they're yes, going through those portals know, yeah. and time traveling and everything. It felt like that. <laughs> it's almost a bit like 2001. Yeah, it was just pure Star Wars magic. It's like, like the wow. Stargate. <laughs> so this is what we're doing. This yeah. is Life Day. We're finally yeah. celebrating Life Day. <laughs> like, oh my God. About damn time. And it's just... Uh, and sorry, I'm just like stunned Like the more I think about it. Um, it's just like a lot of it's like a freaking like art film. What it yeah. does, you know, just like the incoherence of it and... Like, it does take extreme balls to, like, have so much of it just be, like, Wookiees grunting at each other, you know? Exactly. That's, so much that of it is, is that. very George Lucas. Just like, yeah, this is what I want to do, and I know it's inaccessible, but I don't care. Yeah, exactly. I'm doing it for me. <laughs> I can respect that. Yeah, I have respect for that, too. And I honestly think that it's not intrinsically a bad idea having, like, the Wookiees and focusing a special on the Wookiees. It's just there needed to be more of a story than just the Wookiees sat around waiting for Chewie to come home. Yeah, I think there was a lot of potential. Like you, you could have had like these really interesting interactions between Marla and Lumpy and Nichi and whatever. But because yes. they're Wookiees and you refuse to use subtitles, and you can really only get so much nuance out of their body language and facial expressions. Yeah. <laughs> so exactly. Yeah, it's all like pantomime, basically. Much of a narrative there. I mean, you could follow the story and like, this is happening and then this is happening, but it's like, yeah. why? <laughs> yeah, it's just like, why should we care about any of this? Um, yeah, and then at the close, we see all our heroes united with the Wookiee family. Mm-hmm. And the Wookiees were wearing their silly robes. There's lots of candles. And... <laughs> like Leia starts talking about the tree of life and stuff yeah I can't remember what she says exactly but before she bursts into song it is like oh this is about you and life day but we're all here to celebrate and yeah very yeah. was the holiday good. special broadcast around Thanksgiving yeah it was the 17th I think so we just had the 40th anniversary right okay promise of the tree of life okay right i'm just gonna read leia's speech so people have context 
This holiday is yours, but we all share with you the hope that this day brings us closer to freedom and to harmony and to peace. No matter how different we appear, we're all the same in our struggle against <laughs> the powers of evil and darkness. I hope that this day will always be a day of joy in which we can reconfirm our dedication and our courage. And more than anything else, our love for one another. This is the promise of the tree of life. Okay, so so many questions. First and foremost on my mind is that the tree of life is a concept in Judeo-Christian mythology. Mm-hmm. And so this means that there's an equivalent myth about the tree of life in Star Wars? Apparently. I'm going to get, you get those force trees. Maybe it's something to do with that. Maybe it's like the tree on Act 2. Yeah, maybe. Oh my god. The force is flowing through it all. Yeah, because looking at it, they are actually stood around the trunk of a tree. Mm-hmm. So there's clearly a literal tree that they will gather around for life day. In the sky. Yeah, in the that sky. That they all walk towards. <laughs> so many questions. And yeah, it's just all nonsense. Um, <laughs> it doesn't mean anything. This means a great deal, Rachel. How dare you? This is these are the fundamental themes of Star Wars. Yes. <laughs> I'm looking at the Wikipedia article. It's very extensive. I mean it is in day. a way, you know, despite our differences appearance wise, we all stand in unity, we love each other and accept yeah. each other. Yeah, come no, together. There are nice harmony. parts. There are nice parts. It's just the sort of thing where everything leading up to this is so meaningless and so nonsensical that it just makes this speech in particular seem completely random and bizarre you know i love it (laughs) it's so serene carrie's obviously trying not to laugh yes (laughs) it's just so great and then into it (laughs) yeah she's doing her best i think she wanted to sing so she was like okay i'll do it if you let me sing Yes. And she gives an amazing performance. And as yeah. she's singing, they cut to like these really awkward looks from Harrison and Mark, like, well, we're just stood here. Can this be over yet? <laughs> Please release us from this hell. <laughs> That's what but I got. Carrie's from it. a beautiful singer, so. Yeah, no, it's very good. Do you want to try singing the first two lines of the Life Day song? The, the first two lines I can manage. Yeah. I, I can't, I don't think I could do the rest of it. We celebrate a day of peace, a day of harmony, a day of joy we can all share together joyously. Yes! (laughs) Beautiful. Beautiful, Kirsty. That was very well done. Much better than me. (laughs) Not as good as Carrie, though. No, not as good as Carrie. No one could. The fact that she sung all that without bursting out laughing, like she was, she was grinning like more than you would just smile as you were singing. She obviously found it funny, but she kept it together. (laughs) And then at the end, she like turns to like hug Chewie, but it's probably just trying to hide herself from laughing. Yeah, she's a true professional. (laughs) I know. It's very admirable. (laughs) The beautiful fade out. Oh, it's amazing. Um, it is amazing. Yeah, so it's quite a thing. But yeah, I, I, I was happy that it was over. I was happy that Chewie and his family finally got to celebrate Life Day. I think one of my favourite things, actually, is right at the end, they show us clips from Star Wars. 
yes. be like, hey, remember, it's based on this actual really great thing. Remember this awesomeness that barely resembles what you just watched? So that's basically what's going on, isn't it? So <laughs> like, yeah, that was so much better. Oh. And then we'll see you in two years' time with Empire Strikes Back, and you'll be like, oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. And that will be the sequel we deserved. And that will wash out all the bad memories. Well, <laughs> most of them. Yeah. Um, okay, right. Now we get to the really important part of this podcast. Oh my which gosh. is that sequel trilogy holiday special. So say that for 2019, like in the build up to episode nine, they wanted to do a Thanksgiving special for Star Wars to build the anticipation. Like what premise would you use? So it can't involve any of the main characters because that's too expensive. Although they'll all be expected to give cameos. So you have to choose some sort of like tangential characters who either haven't appeared at all but are related to an existing character. Porgs. Porgs, okay. Yeah, I would watch a half hour special of the Porgs talking to each other without subtitles. Okay. I I actually would. I I was going to say caretakers. Oh, that's good too. Well, you could have both. You can have yeah. it set on arc two. Yeah, that's true. And they could all just be talking to each other in their languages. Yeah. So Luke Skywalker has left mm-hmm. and they're wondering if another Jedi will come and restore the balance. And you're just seeing Act Two in all its wild glory. I, I think you're You've thinking got that too- sea monster in the background. I think you're thinking too high concept, Kirsty. I think you need to bring it down and make it more like prosaic. So so for example, like say it's all about Luke's cloak. So that could be like the main impetus of the Oh, plot. okay. So a porg comes across Luke's empty cloak because obviously he has ascended into the force. <laughs> yeah. And they're like, "Wait, Master Skywalker, where did he go?" And they fly away with the cloak and they give it to the caretakers. And there's this whole thing of like the caretakers having to explain the circle of life to the baby porgs. Yes. And let them know that it's okay, that Luke Skywalker is still here. He's still part of the Force all around you. Right. Okay. He's just not good. being grumpy Luke Skywalker stabbing fish. and. Okay. I, I like that. <laughs> but now we need to think about ways to bring in like cameos from the like main actors. Right. And also musical numbers. So how do you tackle that? So maybe the caretakers calm the resistance and they're like, have you heard from Luke? Because this is basically like Luke in this special asking, have you heard from Han or Chewie? Yes. And they find Rey. And okay. she's like, yes, I made it up with Master Skywalker. It's all good. He left with peace and purpose. And and then, yeah, we cut to the resistance and you've got like Finn and Rose cooking Thanksgiving dinner together. And you've got Chewie like, oh... I really want a roasted pork, but I kind of promised I wouldn't eat my friends anymore. Right. Like, in the context then, of Star Wars, is the holiday they're, ce- they're celebrating, is it Life Day or is it some other holiday? I guess it would be Life Day, because then you've got the link with Chewbacca again. Okay. Because he still has... Well, in Aftermath, his family is still on Kashyyyk, right? So I th- believe so. I mean, at this point, in the sequel trilogy era... Are his family still out there? Is Lumpy out there somewhere? Maybe Lumpy comes and joins the resistance. Yes, that'd be cool. And then Lumpy could go out to rescue the cloak. Maybe the resistance need it back for some reason. Yeah. Although is that too much plot? That that's probably too much plot. I don't know. It'd be good to get a connection with someone physically landing on Arc Two, right? 
<laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, and and then you oh, cut to the first order, and it's the stormtroopers like doing a tap dance. <laughs> Phasma returns for an epic musical number. I don't know. There's just oh, and, no. I I know what you could do. I actually have quite a clear vision in my mind of this. Um, so it cuts to the first order, and it's Hux in his private quarters working out to an aerobics video. And then you have an eccentric like workout video with some well-known American television personality. Can you think of anyone who would be good for an aerobics video, like in Souls? Uh, I'm trying to think of like the people who do those shows. Is it Jillian Michaels? I that don't kind know of, any of like, these people. Fitness instructors and people who make tons of money telling people they're too fat. Yeah, someone like that would be great. And you just put like a Twi'lek like head thing on them so then mm. they're just an alien but they're just doing an aerobics lesson and Hux is falling it and you just watch Hux working out for five minutes and then you cut back to the caretakers and the porks <laughs> and they're just doing something just for mm-hmm. five minutes doesn't add to anything um, and then you cut back to the first order and then you see Kylo Ren. What's Kylo Ren doing? Because they need he, to use Adam He's Driver. singing a sad breakup song. Singing a sad breakup Maybe song. Maybe he's teaching himself guitar so he can play a sad okay. song he wrote about Rey and how she was mean to him and left him. Okay. Would he be interested in getting the cloak at all? Or would that be beyond his I think, you know, interest? maybe the contrast is that he's looking for another piece of Darth Vader costume. Oh, okay. Yeah, that could so You've got work. the Resistance looking for Luke stuff and you've got Kylo looking for... Vader stuff. Yeah. And maybe he could like perform the breakup song while wearing Darth Vader's mask and that would hide his tears. Or would no. that be too upsetting? <laughs> upsetting how? We needed like, it to be upsetting on some level, just like the actual holiday special. Um, it would be upsetting because we wouldn't see his beautiful face. Uh yeah, I guess I would like to see his face. Yeah. Just because okay. I want to see the sheer agony of Adam Driver's expression as it's, <laughs> he realises that it's in his contract that he has to do this, just like his father before him. <coughs> yeah, so you want to see him being tortured by the experience, just as Harrison Ford was. Yeah, it's in his contract. Okay. You gotta do it. Okay. And how about Mark Hamill himself? Would you expect slash want him to appear like as a force ghost or something? Yes. Like, maybe towards the yeah, end. Yeah, that's the thing. We can have him like... Starting to haunt Ben. Yes, have him starting to As appear. A little ben. taste of episode nine. Yeah, that'd be good. And cartoon? Would you do a cartoon? And if so, what would it be about? Um, I guess I would like to see what Kaz has been up to, because presumably he survives well into the actual sequel trilogy timeline. So, where is he? So you could have just a random cartoon about Kaz in there. Or you could have like an update to Resistance, yeah. That's like somehow fed into the timeline see, of this holiday special. You see, the problem is I'm concerned that we're making this too good. Well, I would like it to be good. <sighs> but does that then defeat the purpose? I don't know. I mean, yeah. they're not going to do it anyway, let's face it. <laughs> but I'd like to see what Kaz is up to. I hope he's, I hope he's all right. Yeah, no, I hope he's all right too. Um, because you have that whole thing at the end of The Last Jedi where it's like, oh, this is all of the resistance that's left on the falcon it's like is kaz on the falcon please tell me kaz is there wow that'd be quite something yeah and with um 
so minor TV personalities, or major TV personalities, actually, for Americans. Who else would do stuff in there, and what would they do? Uh, I don't know. I, I'm relying on you for this, because I, I can't contribute, because I'm not Well, I don't America. know. I don't watch an awful lot of, like, network TV and that. Mm-mm. Oh. I don't um, know who the personalities of the day are. Um, Anna Wintour could appear, maybe, what? in some capacity. Are you talking about Anna Wintour, editor of Vogue magazine? <laughs> yes. What? Like, okay, I'll tell you what, they, they could do it like this. So the caretakers, they have the cloak, but they're not sure it's actually Luke's. So they need I think to maybe get, you're like, thinking of someone who should be on, like, Project Runway or something. Maybe. Like, I say this because I know Anna Wintour has done, like, Tim cameos Gunn. in films and stuff. Tim Gunn would be in it. Tim Gunn, does he do that sort of thing, like fashion? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, so then Tim Gunn, he, basically the caretakers go to him with the cloak, which is to say they contact him through their little radio TV thing. And they're like, look, we think this belongs to Luke Skywalker, but we don't know, and we need someone to authenticate it for us. Will you tell us? And then he does that. Okay, sounds good. Okay, great. And then the final moment. So what's the climax of all this? What does it all come to? Um, I think Daisy could do a pretty good job at a closing song. Okay, yes, yeah, she could. You're right, and she'd probably enjoy that. Yeah, she has a good voice. Yeah, no, so that could be really nice. Exactly the same Life Day, Life Day song or a new Life Day song? I think it would be a new Life Day song. Yeah. But it would still be Life Day related. Yes, I'd like that. And maybe done to the tune of Ray's theme. Oh, yeah. That would be cute. Mm-hmm. I'm just trying to think how that would work. I'm not sure how well it would work. Life day is the best. I love life. Life is amazing. We should all live our lives. There you go. You've got it in the bag. Lucasfilm, what are you waiting for? <laughs> you mean my You've got profound... to get it done within the next year, so... Yeah, my profound lyrics. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh my god. They're not right. any worse than the ones we just listened to, so... Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Beautiful. Right, okay. Um, Do you have any closing thoughts about the holiday special, either our holiday special or the actual holiday special? Um, that I enjoyed it much more than I thought I would. I really Good. thought I was going to dislike it because I'd been warned against it so many times and I'm kind of sad that I hadn't watched it earlier because mm. I'm I'm very happy to now have this in my repertoire of Star Wars things to enjoy. Good, I'm glad. Yeah. <laughs> I can't say I'll be watching it again in a hurry. <laughs> Unless you can I watch f- isolated parts of it. Yeah, yeah, I-, I could easily watch isolated parts. It's just otherwise it's just too long and boring for me. <laughs> Yeah, but I'm looking forward to seeing if... Because I kind of wish that they'd done like a bit of a celebration for it for the anniversary that just happened, but they didn't. Yeah. Um, so now I'm wondering if we are going to get any more of it like coming into play with new canon. I do Maybe like not. to think that... I do get the impression that Pablo celebrates the holiday special almost every day he's alive. I think he really likes it. Good for him. Yeah, which is great. I could bet you... 50p that he sneaks a lot of those references to holiday special things in mm. which is amazing so i'm looking forward to marla a star wars story 
Yes, I would like that. Shows like a female empowerment story. She gets fed up with Chewie pissing off all the time. So she decides to just divorce him and make her own way in the world. Well, she and... doesn't need to divorce him, but just take the apron off and go outside and... Yeah, like, well, there could there could be, like, a reconciliation at the end. Who knows? But, <laughs> like, seriously, I'm sorry, but he's, like, a bit of a dick about it. It seems like he's gone for, like, literally, like, five years at a time. Oh, he's saving the galaxy. I remember five years isn't five years for Wookiees. Yeah, that's they true. They live long lives. Maybe that's, like, five weeks in Wookiee years. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh, amazing. But, yeah, no, some sort of Marla empowerment journey would be appreciated. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think that probably brings us to the end of our odyssey through the holiday special. Um, I hope it was at least somewhat coherent and that you enjoyed it. Um, if you have any questions for the podcast, please send them to scavengershorde at gmail.com. And you can find me, that's Rachel, at Star Wars Nonsense on Tumblr and at Journal of the Star Wars on WordPress. Where can people find you, Kirsty? I'm Bastila Bay on Tumblr and Scavengers Horde on Twitter. Thank you so much for listening, and until next time, bye! Bye! Happy Life Day!